Hello Fullertonians, I'm Arush Navid with the Observing Fullerton podcast and here are your headlines for the last week of September 2022. OC Human Relations releases 2021 Hate Crimes Report. The Orange County Human Relations Commission released its annual hate crimes report for the year 2021 on September 15. Hate activity reports increased in Orange County in 2021 with 398 reported hate crimes and incidents. These are only the reported incidents and crimes. Many victims of hate crimes are reluctant to report them to the police and reported crimes do not always lead to arrests, prosecutions, or even a record of hate crimes. To read the full report, visit www.ochumanrelations.org. Partnership Opportunity at the Hunt Library The Hunt Library building, donated to the City of Fullerton in 1962, has been closed to the public since 2013. The Hunt is a special community landmark that is currently listed under the State and National Historical Resources. It is located at 201 South Basque Avenue. The City of Fullerton has released a request for proposals seeking experienced organizations to partner together in its tenancy and operation. The eventual reopening of the library will provide a welcoming and creative space for the community as well as to offer program activities, events, and classes for all ages. To learn more, visit www.cityoffullerton.com. The Drowsy Chaperone brings music and comedy to the muck. The innovative resident theater company of the muck, the Electric Company Theater, brings its ultimate... Yeah, no, I lost it. (laughs) Okay. He did the muck one again. Okay. Sorry, I just want to get a picture of how cool it is. With my feet? No. Okay. The drowsy... No, no, no. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. I, I didn't do it right. Okay, let's do it this way. The drowsy chaperone brings music and comedy... <laughs> this is the one this time that I can do. Okay. Start. The drowsy chaperone brings music and comedy to the muck. The innovative resident theater company of The Muck, The Electric Company Theater, brings its limited run of the five-time Tony Award-winning musical, The Drowsy Chaperone, to The Muck and Thaler's beautiful stage. And while this musical is marvelously flashy and outlandish, The Drowsy Chaperone is also deeply sincere and profoundly heartfelt. The Muckenthaler Cultural Center is located at 1201 West Malvern Avenue. The remaining show dates are September 27th and 28th. Fire Department urges Council to decide on its future. Many members of Fulton's Fire Department showed up at City Hall for a special City Council meeting on September 6th to listen and give their input on the future of fire services in our city. The question before City Council is, should the city keep its 114-year-old fire department or contract out fire services with Orange County Fire Authority? OCFA currently provides fire services for 23 cities in Orange County plus unincorporated areas. The firefighters who spoke during the public comment said they wanted Fulton to go with OCFA citing low pay in Fullerton and an unsustainable fire department. City Council has not yet made a decision. The journalists behind today's stories are Saskia Kennedy, Jen Almedo, Angela Hatcher, and Jesse Latour. Be sure to follow the Fulton Observer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to keep up with the latest Fullerton news. Full-length stories of all our headlines are available on the Fulton Observer website, or you can subscribe to the print edition that gets mailed to your home every two weeks. You can now also see what events are happening in Fullerton with Jesse Latour's new weekly articles that cover upcoming events in our community. So on this episode of Observing Fullerton, we have Paloma Foster with us. She is Fulton College's NOCCD student trustee. 
Hello, Paloma. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, it's so good to see you. In person. In I think person. it's our first time seeing each other in person. Yeah, but I know all about you and, you know, Joey talks highly of you. Of course. And it's the same with you. Everyone that I talk about talks very highly of you and how involved you've gotten in such a small period of time, especially like in the transition between the pandemic to in person. You know, that is very difficult when you don't really know people on campus and you're just coming back. Yeah. and to get so involved um yeah that was wild um i think i just i you know i'm a non-traditional student so mm -hmm. i'm returning and i i just knew that this was the time i've tried community college many times before and it never <laughs> worked out for me um because life you know and so this time i was really determined to like actually see it through and um I guess not live with any regrets. I was like, I'm gonna try my absolute best. And yeah, so that was really like the, the motivation of like, I, I'm gonna figure this out and I'm gonna get things done and I'm going to succeed. So mm -hmm. um, even though it was a pandemic, um, yeah, I just, I just knew that I had to like advocate for myself. Like I was reaching out and I was, I think for when I showed up to Associated Students, I just showed up in a meeting and I was like, hello. <laughs> I, I honest, I, funny story i thought it was student life and leadership because i was like oh, i'll be on some like planning activity stuff that sounds like fun and i ended up in an associated students of like the activities committee for associated students mm -hmm. they were like this is student government and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> but then i just stayed and like i just um yeah and it just became kind of like my second home <laughs> then you ran for student trustee as a write-in candidate yes i was um because all of our um, associated students from last year kind of graduated. They mm -hmm. flew the nest, these little hornets, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they outgrew us, which is fabulous. Um, super proud of all of them. But then they, um, they left us. And a lot of those people that, that moved on were such an integral part of associated right. students. And originally, um, I was going to run for vice president because I didn't have the experience to run for president, but nobody else was running. So I was like, oh, I will run for vice president. And then next year, being a president of associated students, it's going to look great on my like college application. And, right. um, and then... And then I found out that the student trustee position is a paid position. And I was oh. like, oh. <laughs> you don't say. And, um, and... I know Aaron, who was the previous trustee, and funny story, um, my first semester at Fullerton College, which was fall 2021, was a, the, I did everything online, right? So I wasn't on campus, I did all my classes online, I was actually living at Sober Living at the time in Santa Ana, so I was nowhere near the campus. Um, spring semester, I was trying to figure out how to get like more involved, right? And on Fullerton College's Instagram page, I would always see a familiar face. And I was this this person consistently being like everywhere and knowing everybody. And it was Erin, Erin yeah. McCourt, our previous trustee. And so one day I like reached out to her and I was like, hey, I literally see your face everywhere. Like, can you like show me where everything is on campus? Like, how can I be more involved basically like you, right? She's like, well, I'm the student trustee. I didn't even know what that was really at the time. And um, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, cool. And she was like, yeah, like we can 
like she was so kind to respond to like a stranger student from like on Instagram. I think I Instagrammed her and I was like, hello. And then the next day she agreed to meet me here and she gave me a tour of the campus. And then um, she was so sweet and like just so helpful. And um, she really kind of like laid things out for me. Um, and I really appreciate that because at the time I just felt so lost. Like I knew I wanted to be a part of, I just didn't know how. And um, and yeah, Aaron literally uh, just walked me around campus, explained things to me, um, and like li even just walking around with her, she knew everybody, right? So it was mm -hmm. kind of like um, getting to know like the familiar faces and the people that you consistently see, um, and so it was nice. Um, I owe her. I I'm super grateful to her. And so, yeah, Erin was kind of my my in to Fullerton College. She was the one that like introduced me to it all. So it was, um, and I didn't really know what her job entailed. I would just kind of watch in awe because she was just like super, um, like not afraid to stand up for what she wanted for students. And she was she was great. She was great at her job. Yeah. At the time, I didn't know that, right? Because I didn't know what the job entailed. But like. Like she was so passionate and um, just kind of really made my job harder because now I have these big shoes to fill. <laughs> right, right. It's like, why are you so efficient? Now I have to be just as good or I will look like I'm not great, right? Right. But no, I, I love her dearly and I'm super grateful for her to take me under her wing even though, like at the time I didn't know I was gonna run for, for student trustee, so. I did run as a write-in candidate, and um, and I won. Um, I think what, well, people knew me from AS, but I think really what helped was that um, I have a three-year-old son at home, a little toddler, and I had him yell in the video, vote for my mom. And I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think people really connected with him. They were like, Ryan. oh, he's so cute. And he was just, um, yeah, he was in the video. He was my little political pawn. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I remember watching that video. It was filmed somewhere over there oh, in front of the library. Yeah. yeah, and I I think the first time I saw you was at the, at the Ukraine event with the professor. Oh, yeah. And after that, I saw that video, and I was like, wow, I love this girl, you know, already. <laughs> and you mentioned Erin LaCour, and Erin is amazing. Shout out to Erin. Yes. I remember when I was in the year, AS in the year before that, Erin uh -huh. um, was getting involved everywhere. And at first, I didn't had no clue who Erin was, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, she was just everywhere every meeting that i was in she was in every club that i was in she was in just all of a sudden rose through the ranks and i just remember you know thinking you know this person is going to be so so involved and as, as someone who was leaving at that point you know was graduating moving on it was just it, it feels good to know that you're leaving things in good hands yes. and Erin was that person and she continued a lot of what I was doing from that year on to the year that you met her so yes. uh, it's a great person I think those are the kind of people that get you involved and pull you into different things yeah. on campus so we all need those kind of people she definitely like has that attraction like uh, like attraction without promotion like you're yeah. just like drawn in you just you don't understand but you're like oh yeah I'll, I'll i'll what is the cause totally down you know what yeah. i mean and it's, it's like, like charisma yeah we just we we need those kind of people to be leaders because those are the kind of people that can get things done you know so erin right. awesome we miss you terribly <laughs> so you mentioned a little bit in the beginning about how you have a 
you're you know, a non-traditional parent yes. and you had a late start um, and then you were in the Santa Ana, you know. So moving, yeah. yeah. So uh, can you explain a little bit of that trajectory, like that extraordinary life story that you have that led you yeah. to this point? It's kind of wild. Um, I, so like if we go all the way back, um, I grew up in LA, um, normal childhood up until like a single mom, only child, of course. Um, only child, uh, grew up to a single mom, amazing woman. Um, but at the age of 13, I was removed from my home. So I was put into foster care and that experience at 13 really kind of, I just didn't really know what was happening. And, um, I had gone to school with these kids from kindergarten up until eighth grade. And then I was removed from my home and I graduated like from middle school with a bunch of people I didn't know. And it made things like really confusing for like a young person. And then after that, I immediately was just really unhappy, like unhappy because of my situation. Obviously, I didn't know like how to express that. So I did what any other teenager would do. <laughs> I was a total rebel. I hated my social worker. I was just a problem child. Um, so instead of so eventually instead of keeping me in the dependency system which is how the la courts work i was put into the dependency system through probation and probation this was in the mid 2000s so probation's department is a little bit different so instead of housing me at a foster home because of my uh like resistance to cooperate um <laughs> Uh, I was, you know, forced to do community service. I didn't do that. I was supposed to be in school and get good grades. I was like, not doing that. Um, so I was in and out of juvenile hall from the ages of 15 and 17. And, um, finally, um, I remember going to court when I was like 16 and they were like, they asked my mom, like, uh, well, what do you want us to do with her? Do you want her back? And she was like, no. And I was like, oh, okay, well, what are we going to do now? And they couldn't hold me in juvenile hall forever because I hadn't really committed like a terrible offense, I guess. It was just truancy. So I was actually released to L.A. County, um, a group home. And we know how big L.A. County is. And this L this group home took me to Lancaster, California. It was still part of L.A. County. So at 16 and a half, I got sent to a group home and I was there till the day I turned 18. Um, interestingly enough, I had already, when I was, I graduated high school in three years. I was already done, even though I was never there and I hated it. I still graduated in a three-year period versus a four-year period. So when I got to um, the group home, like all children under 18 usually have to go to high school. And they were like, well, you have, you're a high school graduate. What are we going to do with you? And I was able to convince the director to send me to community college. And so at 16, I was going to community college and, uh, it was fine. I was there for like a semester and then I aged out. So when you age out of the system, that means that on your 18th birthday, you go and you see a judge and the judge emancipates you and you are no longer a ward of the court. And you're usually released to like a, what is called an independent living program, which is actually a great program. They help you get an apartment. You live on your own. They help you with living life skills, right? Because most of the people that have been in the system don't have those skills or like a model that they have seen their, their entire lives to do that. So um, I did that and it was going great. And then uh, I turned 18 in August and then I got married 
in Las Vegas at 18. Being married just qualified me from all the services. So then therefore I was on my own with my husband. And that lasted like a year and a half, of course. And um, after that, I had a son in the process, right? Um, Had a son at 18. We were a happy family for like a year. And then we were young kids, right? We didn't know what we were really signing up for. I, I don't think we realized like exactly what a marriage was. I think we were just really like immature at the time, you know? I mean, I, I adore my ex-husband. He's a great father. Um, so, but I, I didn't, I mean, looking back, it was great. But at the time, I didn't want to be divorced. I thought it was like, Growing up Hispanic in my culture, we don't do that, right? So I was like, I was really not great with that. So, I I mean, it didn't feel right. And I I struggled a lot with that, like, internally. And then that led me to some really, like, not so happy places in my life. So I, let's see, for the next, like, 10 Uh, let's see no 20 like eight years I was let's see in and out of addiction in and out of treatment homes in and out of like AA programs and recovery programs and I just couldn't get it to work I was just really I'd given up um really kind of right it was really hard for me he kept our son so I felt like I had no purpose um it was just a really hard time. Um, and so during this time, um, I had a series of, I always had like a boyfriend who took care of me. That's how I, because what else am I gonna do? Former foster kid. Like I didn't really have like a family system to fall back on, just kind of like on my own. And so I always had like a series of boyfriends and the last boyfriend I had, who's my son's, my second son's father, um we were together for about three years and um actually in so march of fast forward this was like eight years of addiction nine years of addiction fast forward to uh march 2021 i wake up one day um to like 40 federal agents who have knocked down my door and are i was in bed and they're pointing snipers at me well it turns out that my son's father allegedly was um trafficking drugs and because we were always together they thought i was a person of interest right so they searched my house they didn't arrest me because i wasn't the person of interest but they had been watching him for two years and the entire two years we were together so so um that really was my wake-up call i was like what is happening? What have I done with my life? I am like, I have a small child. Um, what, what am I going to do? Right? Like what, this is not the life for me. Like I kind of just woke up. It was like, you could, they were like, well, you can go to jail too. And I was like, but (laughs) what? And so that really freaked me out. Like I was like, there was no way I'm throwing away my life. And it kind of brought everything into perspective. I was like, I, I'm not, like, I am not a person who is not 
capable enough to recognize that I have potential and I can do better. So, and my kids deserve a mom that does better. So um, April of actually... They freaked me out, and I'm not gonna lie. So I ran away to Mexico, was there for a month, <laughs> came back, and I was like, I give up. So I checked myself into treatment. I did like three months of treatment at a place in Costa Mesa. And then after that, I went to sober living for about a year, which is where I was when I started my fall semester at Fullerton College. And um, yeah, and that's what brought me here. And it's interesting, all my life experiences, even though I thought they were awful and terrible and were going to be like the end of me at the time, have become like my silver linings because my major is political science. And so my goal is to work in legislature in Sacramento so I can help those people that are still stuck in those systems that I was able to, you know, get away from. And so um it's really interesting. I'm super grateful that like I was able to get the help that I needed when I got what when I decided to get it, right? Because the help is always there. It's just a matter of like are you going to like want it? <laughs> you have to want it, right? Um so that was literally my my wake up call. Um I never want that to happen to me ever again. Um it was actually really um scary. And it was a blessing in disguise. Um, that was a really toxic, abusive relationship. Like, I was shot at. I was almost choked to death. Like, it was not a good a, not a good relationship at all. It's just, you don't really know how to get out of that when you're in it. Like, it just looks so different from the inside looking out. And I know people from the outside looking in will immediately be like, oh, well, how could you not have seen it? It's like, it's not you don't understand like it's just so different and um since I didn't have like a dad right like my big thing was like I want my child to have a father like I held on tight because I I didn't want my kid to go through what I went to what I went through those feelings of like oh I only have one parent you know so um but all in all like blessing in disguise um I turned my life around I I'm probably yeah I'm getting ready to transfer out this year like um Berkeley has family housing that's where I really want to go so my little baby would come with me um I have a relationship with my now what 13 and a half year old son that's how old my oldest is um see him during holidays he still lives really far but he knows he knows me we have a relationship and um like in just in what, like a year and a half, my life has completely changed. Right, since you've been here. Yeah, and it's been ever since I've been at Fullerton College. It's wild. This place is magical for me. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> it's very nice. Like, it's just, it's hard to talk about this kind of stuff on camera and share it with other people. Yeah, but I think, like, it's important to give that positivity to those like dark corners you have to shed light on those scary like taboo things that society doesn't want to hear about because you never know like who is out there that is struggling that you could potentially be like hope for you know what I mean right so I take those kinds of things like really serious and like I mean I I, I tell my truth all the time and to me what people think of me doesn't really matter you know what I mean? Like, yeah. people are like, do you really want to share all that? And I'm just like, 
yeah, I think people need to hear this. Like, I'm not going to minimize my experiences just to make somebody else feel comfortable. You know what I mean? So it's it's been a long journey because, you know, I'm, I'm older, although I look, nobody believes my age, but it's fine, you know? <laughs> it's fine. That's a great problem to have. <laughs> I guess, you know, like, literally yesterday I was in class and this kid was like, um, he was like, wait, when were you born? And I was like, 1990. And he was like, wait, 1990? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. He's like, well, you look great for 90. And I was like, I'm not 90. <laughs> He's like, I know, I know you're not, but it was yeah. funny. Um, yeah, I mean, Fullerton College has really been a place of, like, a lot of growth for me. And a lot of, like, um, I guess just finding, like, a like a foundation to like what I want to do what I just finding myself really um while helping others in the process I'm like super involved I love I love giving back um that's what I do I'm literally involved in everything here I'm tired but it's it's (laughs) worth it I'm exhausted like honestly like I look back and I'm just like what what were you thinking but (laughs) If anyone can do it, it's me. Right. <laughs> Literally, if, if anyone can do it. Who? Yeah, exactly. If, if not me, then who? So, because of all the stuff that you do, you were you received yeah. a scholarship award and you were at this event with Quark Silva. Yeah. Um, how was that? So, I won the Minerva Scholarship, which is for women in leadership in the state of California. Um, I was, you. I think it's one per district, so it's very kind of, selective considering there's like thousands of applications um and i won i submitted an essay got some recommendation letters and apparently it resonated and they were like you are deserving of this and so sharon quirksilva had a a, an event in july to like honor uh local people from from around here in her district that are doing great things and I was there. I got to um, take my son with me, and he's in all my pictures. And they gave me one of those giant, like, 10-foot scholarship checks that you see, like, on TV. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) But, like, um, yeah, and they presented me with, like, this certificate and, like, 2,500 bucks. And I was like, this is very helpful. Um, The scholarship thing is wild to me because... um, I don't work, well, student trustee is paid, but I don't work. I have literally invested all of my time into my education and it's already paying back. Like I just go to school, my grant, because I'm a single parent, right? I, I qualify for a lot of grants and I'm a former foster, which also opens a lot of doors for, for help and like um, support. So I've been able to take advantage of all the opportunities that come my way and I just, invest every single waking moment into my education and into my community and into my child and it's it's paid off (laughs) like and I love to like I literally get paid to do what I love which is advocate for students at the board level and um and learn and those are really like I have no complaints like I look at my life where I was a couple years ago and I'm just like so grateful Yeah. yeah So what advice, having been through all of this, do you have for other student parents or non-traditional students? Um, You have to like consistently look for the silver linings and they might not be apparent Mm -hmm. at that time, right? Like 
there were things that I thought were going to break me. Like literally, I I didn't know how I would overcome these obstacles. But looking back, it's like everything that has happened or that I have experienced has only been like a, a lesson learned. And now I can use my experience to help others. I think that most people see obstacles as like these, I mean, they're hard, don't get me wrong, but like, they're not like life ending, right? Like nobody ever died because they felt like there was this huge obstacle in front of them that they couldn't get over, right? Like, I mean, you know, it's like, it, it, it hasn't killed you. They, a feeling is temporary, right? And so I think a lot of people um, also just check in, like, check into it with your mental health, like go see a provider. Like if you feel like you're struggling with anything, no matter how small, like going to, to, to assess yourself and getting like expert opinion on men- your mental health is so crucial because that literally helped me so much, right? Going to treatment and doing all the therapy. Like I worked on myself for like a year. Like sometimes it's like things that are ne- not necessarily like, apparent and that just you need some someone else to kind of a professional obviously but like someone else to kind of guide you and um mental health is a big one it's the only reason why i'm able to do all the things that i do and not lose my mind (laughs) like if i didn't have like a really good foundation on my mental health oh and i've been i've been sober now since april of 2021 so you know after yay so right so like once i i removed all of that and got my mental health in order like it literally felt like i could take on the world and that's why i got so involved i was like i have all this time and i feel so great and like life is gonna get better now and it it did i just had to like put in the work so don't don't look at your like setbacks as failures just they will serve you a purpose whether it's not immediately but eventually i promise you you just have to um just keep going and advocate for yourself like a lot of the things that i have been able to accomplish is because i asked i made like i just showed up or i you know i i put myself in situations where i wanted to be involved in or i wanted like that experience and um it pays off like you have to advocate for yourself i know that many people are afraid to do that and don't want to speak out and don't like don't know how to ask for it like just trust me it'll be the best thing you've ever done is if you learn how to advocate for yourself because no one else is going to do it for you Mm -hmm. and like closed mouths don't get fed you have to you have to be your best ally sometimes we just don't know how to get out of our own way that was my experience for a long time i just couldn't like i was my own worst enemy and that is really debilitating in today's society (laughs) so once like if you feel like that is something that you know maybe you know i don't know it's it's not as apparent sometimes and you know once you are in a better place you're kind of like oh wow Hindsight is twenty twenty though. Like, <laughs> like I wish I would have known this, of course. But everything is just a learning experience for me, and now I can use all of those experiences that I, I thought were going to be literally the end of my whole world, and use use them to help others. Um, the goal is to go to Berkeley, major in political science, hopefully double major. 
um, in political science and public policy. They have or they have a public policy minor, mm-hmm. and then um, then go to Stanford for law, and then work in Sacramento. Either you know, who knows what jobs? There's so many available, but maybe a lobbyist where I can you know work for like a nonprofit and lobby for um, foster children or single parents or like you know women of who have gotten out of abusive relationships. I just, I want to work in a, a career that has some kind of impact, positive impact on others' lives. California is this huge state with all of this money at our disposal. We have the sixth largest economy in the world. There is so much more that could be done, but I think a lot of the times it's like, there's a big disconnect, you know? Right. Like, I can't imagine that any senator understands like what it was like to be a foster child or like what it was like to be you know it's like and and that's not anything against them i just think that maybe if we had somebody that could understand it would be um helpful to other californians <laughs> and i have full faith that you'll be able to do all of that um yeah you know it's it's interesting um i don't see any limitations and i think part of that is because um like all the things I've been through all those things I'm still here so I can literally take on the world it feels like literally um I mean it's it could be like foolish of me to think that but I just like like uh should I really be thinking that and uh I actually had a teacher called me cocky in class the other day because he was like I was like I'm gonna get into Berkeley and he was like we have to be humble sometimes and I was like I don't know what that is <laughs> <laughs> you have that confidence in yourself you're gonna manifest it for yourself yeah I'm literally manifesting it literally That's my great. my my wallpaper on my phone says Berkeley bound so that I can wow. manifest it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it says oh let's see it's oh not that one not Spongebob not Spongebob it says Berkeley bound it because this one. this one I'm ma- I'm literally manifesting this no I I kid you not I have UCLA's wait no that is doesn't show it's not gonna show right now oh, okay. I'm recording, recording, but right. I have UCLA's as your background yeah it's um this is a garden at UCLA yeah so I have that as my background see and it works because you're at UCLA right I am you, at UCLA see so it works like we're on to something here yeah yeah so, so well yeah. I think that's a great note to end the interview at it was great seeing you thank you, talking yes. to you today and listening to your story I think takes great courage and ability to do what you're doing right now and thank you we all really appreciate you thank you um yes thank you so much i didn't think i was gonna be like doing this today i guess i you know i try not to overshare but it just you don't understand you won't really get to right. know me if i don't tell you everything you know that yeah yeah it's so, important to destigmatize it yes very important and um super important thank, thank you, you. <laughs> so good to see you so good to see you as well Right, so that's where we'll end our episode for today. Thank you all for watching. And if you want to know more about Paloma, she's on all sorts of social media, Facebook, yes. uh, Instagram. So go follow her there. Yes. And we'll put all of her stuff in the description. Thank you. Bye.